Hello, welcome to the MAGALIFE podcast, continuing coverage of Not Shot 2021 or whatever it is we're calling it. We still haven't figured it out. What, what are you guys calling it over there at SIG? Uh, I, that's a really good question. I think we're just still calling it the SHOT Show. To calling the SHOT Show, all right. Uh, so I'm here with Jack from SIG's Hour. And uh, just real quick, we're going to talk about the Romeo 7S uh, and, and some other new stuff and just uh, all around a little discussion about SIG Electro Optics and uh some things and if you've been paying attention at all for the last few years, you have seen their optics come out and be at a really, really competitive price point for a really solid piece of gear. So uh, it is something if you're not familiar that you should be more familiar with because uh, you can get a good piece of gear and uh, save some money at the same time. So what do you do uh, at, at SIG, Jack? Yeah, so I'm Jack Lapham. I work at SIG Salary in Oregon. That's where our optics facility is located. I'm a product manager. Sometimes in the industry, that's called a product line manager. We call them product managers. But basically what that means is I own some product lines. The ones I own are enclosed red dots for rifles, magnifiers, and battle sights. We call those Romeo. That's the red dots. Juliet, because the magnifier goes to them. And then uh, Bravo, which is the battle sights. So you guys are adopting a lot of the um, developer and like uh, information technology terms everybody's gotten away from the project manager term now if somebody says they're a project manager something like oh man you guys are way behind we call them product owners these days yeah oh i mean we you said project manager we got plenty of those too do you have those too yeah 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 um well we don't in my location we're still running fast and free but we are gonna we're probably gonna have them pretty soon (laughs) fast and free is that getting a lot more done than, than having a project manager uh no we're just so i mean just a little brief history on this division uh, we're only like, I think, six years old, maybe seven, if you look at the inception of it. So we're, we were kind of a startup for a while there, but we grew it really quickly. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to have some project management. Were, can I ask we this? Were, sort of, were you SIG originally? Uh, did I come from SIG? No, were, was your your startup that you just mentioned and how you started the whole project out there in Oregon, were you originally SIG Sauer? Or was this something that was acquired? Is that something you can talk about or not talk about? Or Yeah, no, I can absolutely talk okay. about it. I mean, if you dig around the industry. I'm just curious. Anyway, yeah. But basically, uh, we have a lot of people that came from other sporting optics companies in the area, probably the biggest of which is Loophold. And a lot of us worked at Loophold probably back in what I would call the heyday, like the mid to late 2000s. So we, Sig Sauer, wanted a product manager, the role I have now. And the president of my division said, well, hey, I can give you more than that. Why don't you uh, try me out? I mean, within five years, we were pretty big. Um, so we basically took like one product manager role and now we've become the second biggest division of the company. Wow. Second biggest division of the company. huh? I did, I did not know that. That's, that's really growing fast, especially if you r- relative the rest of SIG and how long that's been around and building to, to get the high that quickly. Yeah. That's impressive. Very impressive. Yeah, well, there's firearms and then there's us right yeah but still <laughs> so we're trying to catch up you still got ammo in there you got you got a yeah, lot of other yeah, products I mean, and gear yeah, yeah yeah i mean all divisions are killing it this year and ammo is out of control you know everything but mm-hmm. yeah i mean we've we've ramped up really quickly it's been good problems to have you know, that kind of thing yeah we, we sell a lot of sig magazines a lot of every kind of magazine we've recently uh jumped in the optics game selling a lot of different optics out there you know sig being one of them so Tell me, this is actually perfect how this kind of went down. I didn't, didn't plan it at all. The um, My first question is, you know, the overall philosophy of SIG Electro Optics kind of makes somebody something for everybody right now. You know, like what, what, what is your take, you know, when you started and uh, has that changed? You know, like uh, what is your overall philosophy on all that? Yeah, Mission, you know, vision. I was, uh, 
even even though I was still at Leupold when the division started up, I was curious because I knew the talent behind the division and I wanted to know what they were doing. And in the beginning, they, you know, we had to take a real sourcing type approach to it, you know, because it was like four guys in an office with, you know, working off some cardboard boxes or something. And it, it rose up pretty quickly from there. But in the beginning, largely a sourcing type exercise with a lot of intellectual property from our guys. And over time, I think it always was going to be we're going to build things here in Oregon. You know, we got to get big enough and strong enough and staffed up enough to do that. And we're there. I mean, for example, I don't know if you've seen uh, our reflex site for the P365, the Romeo Zero. I don't know that I've worked on anything that's more American made than that product. I haven't had my hands on it. I've seen it, but I haven't had my hands on it. No. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. I mean, I've, I've been, you know, I've been around, been around the world and I've seen some factories and I've never seen anybody do quite what we're doing, the way we're doing it. And uh, we're there. I mean, as soon as I saw us tackle that project and do it successfully, I, now we're, we're doing all kinds of things. So, but we realized that everybody's, a lot of guys are cost conscious and we got to yeah. come in at certain price points. And so, I mean, we, we have products that are completely sourced. We have products that are kind of sourced, got some inspection, got some assembly, got some manufacturing. I mean, we're kind of, we, we offer something to the customer based on what they need. And I don't think personally over time, I can see us going more and more into building things here. I, I can already see it now, but I, I don't see us ever abandoning source product that we heavily do the intellectual well th- let's face it and it, this isn't uh, talking about any other optic but there's a, there's a few other optics companies out there that are at a similar price point and a similar please pardon me if you disagree with this uh quality you know, level and value level as, as sig optics you know similar they're in the same category the sources that they're coming from and that you're getting them from have greatly improved in the last few years you know the, the, some of these countries yeah. that they're coming from before we'd be like oh no i'm not touching that garbage that has changed that is not the same anymore there's a there's a yeah. lot of reliable optics coming out of uh, out of Asia right now. Yeah, I would completely agree. Uh, and you know, it's not just sporting optics; it's it's any technology, yeah. automotive technology. I mean, BMW comes out with something amazing. You get ready ten years later, look at Kia. You know, I mean, that's just how it works over there. Yep, that's interesting. So, what's what's the future looking like? You know, just um, you, know, you explained a little bit about the the, the price point wise. Um, I bet you got some cool stuff on the drawing board that you can't talk about and some things, you know, just uh, can, can you give me any kind of, uh, not exactly product, but, you know, some things that you're trying to tackle, some maybe problems you're trying to address, some some end user needs that, that you're looking forward to? Yeah, um, unfortunately, the, the product I'm working on, uh, I can't talk about that one, but I can talk about, I mean, how about Romeo 2? Have you seen that one yet? I have not. Okay, so... Uh, that is a uh, professional user reflex site for handgun, and I just want to, you know. Oh wait, the, yeah, 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 no, no, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Let me. I'm so, gonna pull this up while you're doing it because I, I do know the Romeo too. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, John Nichols is the product line manager for that, uh, so it's not. I don't actually have the reflex sites he does, but I've, you know, we, we sit right next to each other and and work on this stuff and shoot it every day at the range. But it's a professional user reflex site for handgun. It uh, works with the Romeo 2, Romeo 1 Pro, Delta Point Pro footprint. So it's compatible on a lot of different weapons. But what we're doing there is, um, I'll be frank, like we looked at the RMR and it's as durable as people think it is. I mean, we put that thing through hell, drops from 15 feet to concrete. So right away we decided, okay, this thing's going to survive 15 feet to concrete. So that's how that thing started. We started designing housing and glass and adhesives like they can survive that kind of drop and then we decided well you know someone's going to mount this on 10 millimeter so this thing has to survive 10 millimeter basically then there was all the features you know it's going to be toolless battery changes and then the big one is you know the aim point acro uh 
that's a small enclosed yep. red dot. We wanted to do something enclosed, so we came up with a modular design where a rear window goes in a cloud or sorry a shroud clamps it down and now you have a uh, an enclosed red dot but what's cool about that is you have a big 28 millimeter open reflex site like a high performing reflex site which has our glass our prescriptions which i think are the best in the game from what i've seen so that's i think that's one of the most exciting ones right now and we're at that like right at the finish line you know where we're testing every single thing about it because it has to be right yeah yeah i know there was um Oh God, I can't remember his name now. We this was a few years ago. We were at um one of six competitors, not in optics and firearms, uh, launch event for a newer model of their gun. And um, from gentleman was out there. I won't say the publication he was from, major publication, but uh, they had just put out an article or a their their cover of their their magazine had a broken Sig handgun optic on it, and there was a big stink about it. That it was um. It, it was broke on the front because the front of the glass had was protruding a little bit past the housing. I think that's something that's been corrected ever since then. And the the highlight of what was happening here was like, yes, this may have been a slight design flaw in it, but nothing was broke. It still worked. It didn't lose zero. Like it, we beat the crap out of it for the next few days after that, and it continued to hold zero. And we could still didn't see through the optic any issue whatsoever. Uh, nothing was wrong with it. So it was like a... A couple of good things happened. I think there was some good R&D going on, and uh, there was also some good proving happening right there all at the same time. So that's why he ended up making the choice of, of running with that piece was like, hey, this is overall really good press for SIG, and it's you know it's a little bit of the truth in journalism, and uh, it really shows the capability of this optic kind of thing. Uh, this was a yeah, few years yeah. ago. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. That's something else I'd like to touch on that I think is different from us than other companies in the industry, and that is that we're kind of on this world domination kick. We cut firearms and ammo and suppressors and air guns and optics, and what's really cool is we have... You're certainly on the path, more than a kick. You're, yeah. You're, yeah. We're on the path. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Well, so we have uh, a huge corporate entity in New Hampshire. That's where corporate headquarters are. Yeah. And we have the Academy, which is an amazing facility, and we have the cadre, we have R&D, and basically we can get... I, I don't know where else I could work and get this much testing accomplished. Like, yeah. I really need to know if something performs, if something can survive. Like, this is the place to do it. And whatever they're testing back there we can send them back optics and they're going to go along for the ride. So we just get, our products get a lot of testing. Yeah. I got a buddy Cav up there at the Academy and he, uh, he's always got playing with whatever's new, whatever they're trying out, whatever they're checking out. I know he, yeah. he puts a, a lot of work, a lot of rounds through them and, and tests them a lot. And, Solid dude. So, you know, usually yeah, he tells it like it is. Yep, he does. He gets to play with everything. Cool. No, that's awesome. That's good. So, talking about the, the, your new stuff specifically, let's go with the Romeo 7. Um, what's the difference between it and the uh, the original 7? Yeah, so the Romeo 7S. 7S. Uh, yeah, the biggest thing that's different about that is it's it's way smaller. I mean, I think it's like 30 or 40% smaller and lighter. If, uh, if I had them side by side, it, it's stark, especially in your hands. And the Romeo 7, it's a little bit bigger. But it's a in terms of the window size, so you get a little bit more forgiving uh, sight acquisition on that one. But it's a lot bigger, and, you, and it's a double A. Okay, so this one is a little bit smaller. It's a one by twenty-two, and it uses a triple A. And what we want to do here is we've got a Romeo Five X, which is a triple A Romeo Five. We have a Romeo Five XDR, which is basically the same thing, but with dual reticle. But it uses push button activation, which some people like that, some people don't. And what we found we didn't really have that people were asking for was a rotary dial for the illumination. And also, we get a lot of requests for AAA red dots. So that's yeah. pretty much why we went down the road on this one. Uh, but it comes in a it comes in a two MOA dot. 
It's 50,000 hours battery life, so it uses our point source emitters, which are super efficient. 50,000 uh, hours, that's it? That's all you get? 50,000. I'm yeah. just kidding, 50,000. I was, I was being sarcastic. That's, that's a lot of hours. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's plenty. I mean, <laughs> that's what's been so amazing for me, like through the years. You know, optics back in the day, either it was really straight garbage and it was no battery whatsoever. You know, yeah. and I mean, I can't say straight garbage. It was awesome for the time. You know, I'm thinking Trigicon Reflex you know, way back in the day, you know, we all love the reflex, but you know, when it gets really bright out there, like I can't see my Dodge anywhere, you know, this and that, especially when they start getting a little bit older, but uh, you know, then there's no batteries in that. Then we move on to some other stuff like, you know, comp M4s and, and some other stuff that's out there. And there, things are just eating batteries, EOTechs and such. And then next thing you know, we're like, man, five year battery life on like a small little battery, you know, um, it's just, it's, it's crazy how, how that technology has gotten better and it's the technology. It's it's using the same batteries in most cases, you know. And it's uh, but it's just it's gotten significantly better. Than everything else around it, it's more efficient. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you said, everybody's starting to clue in on it. I think we were one of the first ones to use a point source emitter. And I, I don't want to bore you with how one of those things works, but it's uh, it's way more efficient than the old uh, emitters out there. And uh, I, funny is, we're I kind of want to know how it works. If it can be quick. Oh, oh you want? I, I, I can totally explain it real quick. I mean, basically, the way the old emitters work, and some people still use these, some companies, I'm not going to name names, but, you know, you just look at the battery life, and you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> under 10,000 hours, chances are it's not using a point source emitter. So the difference is they used to just use an emitter. It, they were too big, and they did use up a lot of energy. Well, what you got to do to get it down to a 3MOA or a 2MOA dot you put a mask plate in front of it, which is like a stencil. And the, the dot that projects out of there is truly a 3MOA or a 2MOA. But the problem is all that... It's wasting a lot of energy. Yeah, it's just yeah. hitting the back of this mask plate not going anywhere. So a point source emitter, real small, and it is the correct size based on the uh, focal length of the system. So if it is a 2MOA, that is what it will be. And all the light goes into reflecting back to your eye. At that point, the only way you increase efficiency is the notch coating on the glass, which is what people complain about when they see blue. That's what that is. That's the notch filter. What's going on there is that it's reflecting back the red light so that through the glass, you don't see red. If you don't see red, you're seeing like blue and green. You're seeing the other colors. So some, some companies, to get the battery life up, they'll increase that notch filter. The trade-off is that blue-green, and then also the blue-green really sucks at night vision. So you got to be careful with that, too. But those are really the, the two big changes we've seen probably in the last 10 years. I warned you before we started that we would probably go down a rabbit hole because I like to just have conversations. But uh, And this is one of them right here. So you, yeah. you made me think of something with the point source emitter. And this has gotten better over time, but it, it's not great. It's not good. So I was in a conversation. I have this conversation all the time. But I was in this conversation recently online. Somebody was talking about how they can never use red dots and they like this kind of new optic from some other company because it doesn't actually use an emitter. Uh, holographics are nice and crisp in the eye if you have astigmatism. I have severe astigmatism in both eyes. I have terrible vision. I barely got in the Marine Corps many years ago. I see 2040 right now. I barely get my driver's license every year. You know, I've had eye surgery. I used to not even be able to, to see, get up and go use the bathroom at night because my vision is so bad. Um, that's where glasses or contacts all the time. So I got eye surgery, but I still, my eyes can't be corrected. I just can't possibly see better. No matter what they do, I can't, I'm not, this is how I see. That's just the way it is. And it's going to keep getting worse. So, uh, but I, I argue that you do not need to have good vision to shoot guns good. You don't, you don't need it. Uh, there's some things that it can help you with follow-on shots and a few other things that in there that can make you better. Um, obviously PID and some other stuff, but the, the shooting itself, like I, I, I don't need to have amazing vision. But one thing that hurts me is any red dot, I don't care what it is, unless it's a, like a holographic type image, 
or an etched reticle, I get the little sprites coming off, the little the little, mm-hmm. the little waves coming off to the top right. And I look through this one, and it's coming off the bottom, and there's little everything. Just like the lights when I'm driving at night, I can't see anything. You know, It's like there's just every little burst all over the place. Now, little corona effect all the time. So I don't get the Seacrest dots. I don't get the I don't, I don't get that like everybody else does. This conversation mm-hmm. online was like, I can't use these because they don't say, I'm like, I don't see crisp dots either. I don't need to because I put the center of my wobble in the center of the aiming area and I make the gun go bang without moving it. And like, that's all you need to do. There's nothing else to it, really. That's the whole secret of shooting guns. So, but the, I, I would love to be able to have a super crisp dot. Now my only tool is to turn it down. So then I can't pick it up as fast, right? So what you being in the position that you are, you've probably put some research into this. You probably, you, you've probably done some testing on this. Like, is there anything, is there work being done on your end or that you know of to, that it'll help people like me? Because I see students in my classes all the time that are that have the same issues you know, as me. Some people are more severe than others. Some of them see three dots. You know, there's there's some really stuff weird stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, first off, uh, you know, uh, just brass tacks, right? Like if you have a bad astigmatism, there's not a lot we can do for you with a red dot. But what I would say as someone myself who's got a bad astigmatism, be careful with the glasses you have. Because I've got, I don't know, four or five different pairs of glasses laying around. And I'm amazed at, you know, if I forget one pair and I go to another pair I don't normally shoot with. And I look through the same red dot I shoot all the time. And all of a sudden, it's like HD crisp. I'm like, what happened? Well, that pair of glasses perform better for me. They yeah. just do. And I'm, I'm amazed that, like, for the same quote-unquote prescription, what kind of variance can be there? I think it's really sensitive to someone with astigmatism. Now, as far as, like, is there anything else they can use? I mean, like you said, there's holographics. There's trade-offs with those. They're pretty inefficient, and they're kind of grainy. they got that laser scintillation. There's also... There's not very many of them out there. I'm working on one right now, but there's one power battle sense. And that's pretty cool because you get an adjustable diopter in the back. That's what you need if you have an astigmatism. You can make that etched reticle really crisp and clear. Uh, but the trade-off there is that now you got limited eye relief. You have an eye box you got to deal with. And for me, I don't, I don't know if I said it in the beginning, but like um, I'm a pretty, I'm one of those OCD competitor guys. And uh, so I try to bring products out and test them and you know see what I like about them and stuff. And I'll tell you, dude, like a big red dot, at least for the games I play. There's nothing faster. There's nothing better. I agree. If you're close range or tactical side, just doing entry, a big dot, big window, it's it's hard to beat. Um, But I tell a lot of guys shooting handguns, um, especially with handguns, it applies to rifle too. You know, I used to be a, many years ago, I was a primary marksmanship instructor at, at Paris Island and I would, I would teach these new recruits and, you know, I look, we put their glasses up on their head, put tape on their glasses. So I look to the center of their glasses where the prescription is. We'd get, make sure you put your head up on the right, everything else to look straight through the sights. I taught that for a long time, but I didn't, I didn't understand it until much later on, like why I was teaching all that, you know, with a handgun, especially the guns out here, by looking here, you can look up and down. And if you're watching this, you know, you do it yourself, you will see the world move. You can create parallax uh, from your eyes. From, from the way you're looking out of your eyeballs. So that can cause some more of the problems and you perceive that dot differently. It can affect a zero. And, and if you don't believe me, go shoot a group at 25 yards and and use, put your eyes in different positions in your socket mm-hmm. and you will see that parallax effect on the target. It'll happen. Interesting stuff. Yeah, that's actually, that test you just described, that's one of the tests we do. We'll test upper left corner, lower right corner. We go all over the glass and we mark down where the groups go. I mean, that's kind of that practical parallax. That's like the worst when you have parallax, like in the optic and in your eye, you're like a, a double negative, right? Yeah. 
I wish I had a better answer for you, but I mean, that is one of those issues. I too am searching for the solution. I haven't got my eyes operated on yet. I still wear glasses because I have to wear glasses at the range anyway. But uh, if there was something I could do to get rid of an astigmatism, I would. They wouldn't. They wouldn't work. They wouldn't do surgery on my eyes for years. You know, they, and I, I didn't know how to talk to them. And like they're like, no, your your eyes are too bad. We can't correct that. And so I did a lot of research, and I found out the reason they would always tell me no is because expectations. Everybody wants to see 2020. I've never seen 2020 in my life. That's why my I can't see 2020. I can't get corrected to that because when I was I didn't they didn't know that my eyes were bad till I was older, you know, a, a child. So I uh, I told the doctor I was like, look, I'm not trying to see 2020, dude. Like I just want to be able to get up and go pee without peeing in the closet, you know. Like that's it. Like, like, like help me, help me function. And he's like, I can do that, you know. And so uh, I, I got the eyes already done. So it, it took me many years to figure that out, but I, I finally got it done just because managing expectations. Um, this is uh, I got a few questions um, that I put together and a few questions that that our one of our, our buyers put together. He is the biggest Sig fanboy ever man like he like like Sid can do no wrong he, he loves him to death so I'm like hey if you could ask him anything what would you ask him so that's what I'm, what I'm looking at because like if that guy was going to ask then it's probably a question some other person out there would ask that's my favorite guy at SHOT Show right? <laughs> yeah for sure or SHOT Show or, or NRA NRA is worse SHOT Show you usually get some good conversation NRA you never know what you're going to get showing up at NRA <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what makes it fun though uh, why'd you guys feel the need to keep building this big of a unit on the market, the Romeo seven, you know, when a lot of people are going smaller, going, you know, the, the micro optics, the very small stuff, you know, your, your, your aim point T ones, T twos, like those size, you know, you staying with the, the, the larger, you know, form factor size of the, of the Romeo series. Uh, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know about that question, but that, what I would say about that is cause no, no one's really seen or held these yet. It's not that big. I mean, you said you made it a lot smaller. Yeah, when I said earlier it was like 30, 40% smaller and lighter, dude, I, like I said, I wish I had a room. Maybe that's the thing because you guys sent this press release out and I'm like, wow, you know, I write press releases all the time. Where, where's my pictures? Like, uh, can I see this thing? You know, like the, the, the one that I got, the press release that I got didn't have any pictures in it. It told me all about it. Oh. Yeah, but it, yeah, but because I, I, I would have brought it up right here. I, I have it here. Like, oh, there we go. No, that's very small. So that's not, um, I mean, and here, here is the magnifier, right? Wow, that that magnifier got a lot smaller, dude. Yeah, and this is thirty. Yes, thirty percent smaller and lighter. So, yeah. What what magnification is that magnifier? This one's a three X right here. Man, that's cool, dude. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, these things are small. As someone who like touches and holds and shoots these things every day, I mean, I couldn't believe they were going to come out this small. I thought it was just vaporware concept type stuff. Can you say that's the smallest magnifier, 3X magnifier on the market? Is that, I, I don't know for sure, but looking at it without measuring anything, that's gotta be up there. I have, well, no, no, no. I think I've seen some really cheap ones off like Amazon and stuff like well, that. Well, there's some of those that I'm not, we'll say from brands that, that we might would use for duty or defense, you know? And, yeah. Well, and, uh, I think, I think yeah. it's I think it's one of the smallest ones out there. I mean, if not. No, that's impressive. Uh, that That's impressive for sure. How small yeah, it is. And actually, actually, this technology, like what we had to do to get this this small and keep the optics good, uh, it's, this won't be the last magnifier we do. So it's, there's, there's going to be more to come on that. But yeah, this guy, I mean, it's kind of like a Romeo 5, Romeo 4T. I won't, I won't lie. Like, I mean, those things kind of, we were inspired by Aimpoint Micros at the time. So I don't know if I've got one here. Yeah, no, Aimpoint did a great job. With the micro, for sure. Yeah, I mean, here's one. I've got all the parts pulled off of it, but that's a 4T, right? So, I mean, you can see it's not not that much bigger. And, no. and these are a 1 by 20 like an aim point would be. These are a 1 by 22. Well, I mean, the right? biggest thing is to accommodate what people were wanting with the uh, the battery type. 
you know so yeah you know and it's it's funny i don't you know i hear oh it's a prepper thing you know it's a survivalist thing or i've also heard professional users that go overseas and really struggle to get quality 20 30 few coin cells they want triple a's you know here you go like this 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 is that device and then also you get the the rotary dial which guys you know i mean i i, I tend to agree with them if you want something fast a, a rotary is pretty fast yeah versus a push button the push, push button takes a little bit more to think about yeah, especially when you're running some gloves and different stuff. And, and you know, not all push buttons are created equal. And uh, I don't like and buttons that are easy yeah. to push, and I don't like them when they're too hard to push. You know, it's just it's a yeah, tough it's balance. A thing, and we agonize yep. over, over that, too. But, yeah, I would say um, the Romeo 7, that's probably what they're talking about. That thing is a monster. It's it's a pretty big red dot. Uh, yeah, no, scratch that question now. I, I was I – was, you said smaller, but I, I wasn't – I really wasn't picturing it being that much smaller. That's uh, significant. Is that night vision compatible as well? Does it go down yeah, that low? Yeah, we got on, – on this one, we've got nine daylight and two night vision settings, and that's pretty common. We tend to roll with – Yeah, yep. okay. Shifting gears totally. Like, you could set those down. We're, we're done yep. with those. I, this isn't my world. This is, this is, this is a, one of those questions from, uh, from my guy here, um, but I think it's a good question hunting optics so your buckmaster line of optics is that filling you know where, where, where did that come from because we we saw a void created by nikon finish making rifle optics and it, this the price point and the, the looks of these it's like uh this is a good place for you to try to slide in real quick you know is, was that kind of the thought or is there more to that yeah, honestly, I, I wish I could answer that question because it's a pretty simple question, but I'm kind of divorced from rifle scopes and especially that line. I mean, I know a lot about it. In fact, the last day, the last time we were at our new range, our test facility, we put those on uh, AR-10s, select fire, and tried to kill them. I didn't really know much about them. We just shot them. I can completely hook you up with Jason Clark. He's the product manager for rifle scopes. Like, I'm really not that interested. He was. I, I'm really not that interested. Like, you know, I'm just pretending to care. You know, the, the uh, dude. I, I mean, your question. I, I, bet, I bet you. I'm going to speculate on the answer. The answer probably is that uh, there was probably a gap in the market that we weren't filling, and we saw that we could. Yeah, we could probably do it better than whatever is out there right now. That tends to be the case. But honestly, I, I, I'm, I, I think it's. I would not be afraid to say that SIG could do it better than Nikon. Uh, I'll go ahead and say that. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. Not, not afraid of that at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, once again, I'll, I'll put our team up against anyone else's at this point. I don't know who's got all these optical guys from all these companies, and then we've got the Academy in New Hampshire. And I mean, it's like it's it, it couldn't be a better setup as far as developing product goes. So when it comes to anything we want to do, you know, we got to really think, do we want to do it? Because we don't have infinite resources but if we chose to do that project that we did uh there must have been a reason why that we could attack that do it better than the nikon when you're out there testing those things i won't ask you if any of them broke or anything like that because hey, things break I, I don't care what anybody says there is nobody out there who makes something that doesn't break it doesn't exist yeah. um break a lot of stuff you guess what you're trying to do you know what where will it yeah. break how can we solve that to keep it from breaking there uh and if you ever want to break something just put it on a scar 17 you know and it'll It'll eat them up, especially. Yeah, that's true. Now, I mean, uh, we want, just like you said, if we don't break stuff, then it's going to get broken out mm -hmm. with the customer. I mean, they're going to figure it out. Someone's yep. going to shoot that thing enough, they're going to break it. We don't want that to happen. And unfortunately, I damn near hate shooting now. We shoot so much, and <laughs> we're trying to get better with simulators and that sort of thing, but nothing quite replicates the recoil yep. profile of a particular rifle or a handgun or whatever. So we end up going out there and shooting. And it's always plus P, 357 SIG, 10 mil, 308. 
it sucks. The stuff that's less fun to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once in a while, uh, we'll need to we'll need to shoot something like on the Legion. That's amazing. So, you're, so me, a buddy of mine just got beat up on the internet because he's like, I don't want to go out and hang out with my friends when they go shoot. I'm like, I've been saying that forever. Like, if I go, let's say I used to go home on leave or, or I go where I grew up and go see some friends, like, oh man, you're hairy. They know I do the gun world stuff and everything. And so they're like, oh, let's go out to the range and shoot because I'm like, eh. I'd rather not, you know, like that's not really my thing. You know, I love to go take classes. I love to teach. I love to, to train and, and see myself getting better, but it's not really the guns and the shooting that I'm into. So it's like, uh, I would, I would rather not just go to the range and pick up guns and shoot them. Like just not my idea of a, of a good time. And if you're ever had to, to do something where you're shooting a lot of rounds just to, to test something, then, uh, and you're not like in a class setting, you're just out there shooting it. It, it turns into work really quick. It turns into yeah. work really quick. I mean, you know where we're at right now with the ammo shortage. Yet, when we're out there at the range, we got buckets and buckets of ammo. We just see it as like, I don't want to say a nuisance, but I mean, we can't go home until we get through all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so like you want to bring you friends. Yeah, you got to get you got to get through it. So, uh, yeah, no, dude, I, I love shooting. I love training. I, li- I love competing. Uh, but that's like high value type. Activity. Yes. What we're doing out there, it's, it's a necessary evil. We need to know if this thing fails and how it fails. And the only way to get there is to shoot it hard. Uh, but it's, it's. I mean, we put steel up. You know, we try to have a little bit of fun with it. But once again, you're staring at all these buckets of ammo. Eventually, you just got to hold down that select fire and go. Yeah, and the more fun you have and the more, like, competition or training-like that would actually help you work on things, the longer it takes to do that stuff. And so yeah. there's there's a – Yeah, so we do a little bit. Balance. But then it's like uh, – People are listening to this like, wow, look at this of these two – complaining about shooting somebody else's ammo for free these morons that's what somebody out there listening is thinking i I mean it's funny i i've talked to some guys online from other companies who have the same job or they work in engineering i used to work in engineering and they have done endurance testing like what we're talking about right now and uh it cracks me up because it's not until you you've done it and you've done it enough where you just don't really don't want to do it anymore that you have a good feeling for it and you know, we'll have some new guys at work that are like, oh, man, you guys are going, like, we're carrying all the stuff out of the building. <laughs> How long does that last? They're all excited. Dude, I want to go with you guys. And uh, we got pretty serious about range certification, so not anybody can just go now. But, you know, a few years ago, it was a little different. And uh, I used to joke around, I could break you in half. Like, in an afternoon, you're never going to want to shoot these guns again. <laughs> yeah. No. The guys, like, they don't volunteer anymore. I mean, we're... Right now, we have testing every week, sometimes all week long, and uh, it's like pulling teeth to try to get guys out. you got to start a Facebook group. Oh, I mean... Up there in Oregon. Like, just, like, guys... I, I bet you would have, like, just keep keep a group of guys coming out, you know? Like, I bet uh, you could make that happen. Like, Except for you, you got the right part. you got to interview them. Like, they'll want to come out and talk the whole time. Like, hey, man, no, we, we don't... We, we can't talk. Like, we, we have to get stuff done. Yeah. But you could yeah. probably make no, it happen. I mean, I, I like where your head's at. If we could somehow pull that off with legal... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just make a waiver. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Juliet 7 Micro. We haven't talked about that one yet. Um, yeah. So uh, That's another one. Tell me about that one. Yeah, you bet. So once again, coming back to that one, that's the Romeo, Romeo 7S. This guy is the Juliet 3 Micro because it's a three-power magnifier. It's a 3 by 22 It is a – see if I can show that. It's a push-to-side mount, push-button, flip-to-side mount. It comes in – it comes configured at absolute co-witness of 141, but it has spacers for 1535 at 163, lower one-third co-witness. Uh, both those products, I forgot to mention earlier, they're IPX7, one meter, 30 minutes uh, underwater. Let's see what else here. Oh, yeah, adjustable diopter, like we talked about, 30% lighter and smaller than a, our original Juliet 3. Still great optics. I mean, the guy that we have, our optical engineer, he's the best out there. He did a really great job with this. You know, half-inch 
Hex Nut. I've been, I don't know, I might go back away from this at some point, but I just know from all the testing and dropping and throwing and shooting, these things don't mess up. So I know they kind of stick out there and they might make it cause a kit, but I tend to go that direction. So you got the half inch nut there. As far as that goes, uh, let's see, MSRP on that's $299.99, but street price should be closer to $199.99 on that guy. I said Juliet 7 micro. Did that, did I, if my seven, is that a typo on my end? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Like I said, it's confusing. The three. Let me rephrase that. I was talking about the Juliet three. I had the wrong notes yeah. here. Yeah, Juliet three micro. Note yeah, to self: Next go. time we're interviewing a lot of people for Shot Show, take better notes. Right. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's even got click adjustments, which is exciting. Normally, you don't get what mount options are there? Is that is that the only mount height we're going to get? That uh, absolute co witness? No. What I'm saying is, uh, so it comes absolute co. Co-witness there, the one four one, but there's spacers and longer. Screens. Oh no, I'm like yeah, I'm talking about. I should. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not good at this, man. I'm not a good host. Uh, <laughs> uh, right. uh, let's go back to the uh, the Romeo Seven S. Uh, is that yeah. the same thing? The spacer option there. So yeah, right now I've got this thing configured at the one four one, but it comes with a spacer. In fact, it comes with a spacer out of the box for one six three. If you want to go down to one four one, you got to remove the spacer. Any thought about the one point nine threes? We actually are starting to get into that on that one project. I, you know, I'll probably get beat up by leadership if I talk about it. But don't talk about it. Don't, don't get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, dude, I'll, I'll talk to you. Like, um, once again, the, the guys at the academy, they're the ones that turned me on to the benefits of, like, a half-inch riser. So, yeah, if anything, we're going higher. So, I'm not... I'm not completely convinced. I like it. I don't hate it. But I'm not completely convinced in the 1.93 for a red knot. But I have been 100% sold for over two years now. If I'm running an LPVO, that 1.93 height, height is just it, – it, it just makes that right in front of my face, standing, awkward shooting positions, uh, a good optic with a good eye box. That 1.93, it's just right there. It snaps. It's, it's just I, – I love the high mounts. Uh, I am completely sold on them for LPVOs. I'm not 100% convinced for red dots for me, and I know everybody's different. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, but for LPVO, it's like I when I pick up an optic and it, and it has a, a lower mount than that, a gun, and I'm just like, ah, this just doesn't feel right. It's not the same. It's just I can't keep mm-hmm. that head straight up, that eye straight in the eye socket. You know, it's like everything else. It's just it's just for me, it just that was something that I was really missing because I've always loved LPVOs and and what they bring to it. You know, from even back in the day, if it wasn't variable, like a four power ACOG, I love everything about it except the horrible eye box on it. You know, it's like uh, mm-hmm. it's so unforgiving when you start when you're doing anything other than regular shooting positions, you know, it's, uh, and it's, it's, it's very, very unforgiving, but even that one, you raise it up a little bit and it gets a little bit better, mm-hmm. but then you get into some of these other optics out there that just got better eye boxes on them. And you said that earlier about an eye box. When I'm looking at an optic, I, I don't buy guns for hunting. I don't, I don't use guns for anything other than, than really, you know, defense and tactical and, and you know, teaching and, and that kind of stuff. It's, um, where my world lies. Not that I don't dislike anybody that that's in that area. Like if that's what you do, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you're part of the, the, the world. Help us keep defending the second amendment, but, um, and keeping this alive and, and teach other people and bring them along. But for me, it's it's a it's a fighting thing, and it needs to work in well in a, in a very wide variety of situations. So the the LPVO, the power, what it gets for you for being able to burn through vegetation, you know, look into shadows, see into uh, the observation part of it, uh, as much as the shooting part of it and the precision part of it, uh, and then you get to to have this optic, this like cheat codes, um, and then at close range, it's like a red dot. You know, it's if if you've got it mounted right and you've got you know a good eye box on it. So it's uh, for me all around. I'm, I'm a huge LPVO fan uh, on on an AR myself. Um, you're smiling so a little bit. So is that like uh, maybe maybe that's what you're working on? Something that's going to blow my mind. That's going to be awesome. Uh, no. Don't tell me. No. Like I was just curious. 
you like the 193 height are you wearing a chest rig or anything sometimes sometimes not sometimes yeah, yeah. i mean that's the that's the feedback i get but probably with alternate positions awkward positions yeah but it's also you know the way i don't really you know back in the day we all did the the groucho walk and we're all super duper swat stance and all that stuff back in the we've really gotten smarter and moved away from that in, in a lot of ways and we don't and I find the, the keeping my body erect, my head erect, and everything else, and just, you know, the higher I am, the more I see. The more I see, the more information I gather. The more information I have, the more accurate I can make decisions on my fight that I'm in. So uh, being tall is good, you know, even if that means, you know, in the optic, you know, even if that means uh, with my peripheral vision in the optic. So I just find that just the way I mount the gun, it's right there without me having to move anything else, you know, and that's, uh, I think that's what, whether I'm wearing body armor or, or just plain clothes. Yeah. yeah. Well, just so you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that. I, I steal. Things. So you have some good information in there. The heads up. That's I tend to agree with that. You know, like if you take it the other direction and you go real low mount, like below one four one, what are you gonna see? You're so turtled up, you, you can't yeah. see around your sides. Well, same thing. The guys who were always like, and it's the first thing I tell them to do is pull your stocks out. You're gonna start today with your stock all the way out because people, you know, you remember back in the day when we had the assault weapons ban. And, and then it, it went away, and then suddenly we could put these telescoping stocks on rifles. And everybody's like, oh, look, I got an SBR, but really they just put their stock in all the way. And so everybody wants to go to the range with their stock all the way in, and they're all crowded, you know, and they have no strength to hold that gun. So you're seeing all the recoil happen in the shoulder, forearm on bicep, and there's nowhere to go. I'm like, pull that stock out. Stand up tall. Get straight. You know, use all your body's muscles and skeleton to hold this gun up. And much more effective than, uh, than being all crowded and hunched down and hunched over. Yeah, we need to play with taller heights. Uh, I like what you're saying, and it's echoing the feedback we get from the academy. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Cool. Jack, I don't have any more questions. Is there anything else that, that you would like everybody out there to know that, that's, you know, really important to you? You know, a vision, a mission, yeah. anything? Yeah, no, I mean, I would, I would say, like, uh, when when I was got reached out to from Sam Pyatt back in New Hampshire for marketing communications about this interview. She said it was Romeo 7S and Juliet 3, and that's because we're launching them soon. So just to come back around on those, the Juliet 3, we're going to be shipping those next month. So it's right around the corner, a couple weeks away. And then the Romeo 7S, we got just a little more crossing the T's and dotting the I's with the packaging. It's going to be shipping in March. So another month after that, I talked about the street price on Juliet 3 Micro. It should come in right around that 199 price point. The Romeo 7S comes in a red dot and a green dot, and that's 199 at the red dot and about 220 right there, 219.99. Got to pay more for green. Yeah, you got to pay a little more for green. Well, I, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm not even going to do it. I'm going to let you do it. I, I've heard that a lot. Like, why is green always more expensive? Can you hit that real quick? It comes from, so it kind of originates with lasers, and, and Osram sort of holds all the keys to that, at least for now, they do. And the green emitters just, well, I think beyond that, I was going to go a different direction. Really what it is, is volume. So if you look at the market, how much would you say is taken up by red dots? Not green dots, but red dots. Probably 80, 90. 80, 90. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it might be like 95. I don't see that many green dots out there. That's what it is. So the companies that actually make the little emitters that we put on boards and put on into products, they make a lot of those red dots. You know, so it's just a volume. A volume. Okay, so that's a little bit different than what I had have been hearing. I was hearing that um, it is a, a quantity thing. I heard that, that they were harder to make, and maybe that's like the, the layman's way of saying that we got to retool some stuff and do this and that and change some parts out. Because, well, you know, it's like if I'm printing yeah. stickers, 
I'm going to get a price break on buying this crazy high quantity. But if I'm going to only buy yep. five, I'm paying a lot of money for those five, you know, kind of thing. That makes yeah. a little bit more sense, actually. Yeah, really where it's coming in at. You, you got, I mean, we're getting there in a roundabout way. But lens coating I talked about on the front, that now needs to be something that reflects that green. That means it's different lenses. It's just it, everybody's got to slow down to switch up what they're doing and their tooling to make this other version. Also, another thing with green that you got to keep in mind, and this is true with the lasers, too, is that they are a little bit thirstier. So you don't quite get the same run times you do with green. I got to be honest, like I take green out and I run it. I don't know. It's weird. Like, yeah, we all know that human eye sees green better than red. In fact, they see red the worst. But you know what? Like, at least where I am, everything's green. Everything out there is green or greenish. And the red really stands out on mm-hmm. green in, in the world that I live in. So I don't know. That's That's been my philosophy. I'm still trying to figure out green. I don't want green to get popular because I've had a saying I've been using for like 15 years. You put the red stuff on the bad stuff, and you pull the trigger. You know, like, and I got I, 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 green. Green does it. Just quote me when you, when you do that. All right, just just yeah. make sure they know it came from me. Yeah, the red stuff on the bad stuff, and pull the trigger. The I don't want to say the green stuff on the bad stuff, and pull. That doesn't make sense. The green stuff on the mean stuff. What, what, what are you going to go with that? You know? Yeah, true. <laughs> stuff. That's pretty. Yeah. Cool. No, dude. The other thing that sucks is that we've been calling them red dots since the beginning. Right. I, when it comes to, when it comes to packaging, like right now. I've got the manual for the Romeo 7S up in case you ask me any really nerdy questions. And I remember agonizing over what to call it. So I called it a compact illuminated dot site. Who the hell knows what that is? Yeah, well, who's using that search term online to look for that optic? Uh, Nobody. Exactly. <laughs> They're going to call It's a red dot. But then red dot with with the green dot. I don't know. Yeah, dude, it's confusing. Yeah. Hey, man, we're doing it. If people buy it, we'll, we'll make it. All right. Thanks, Jack. I want to, when we get some of those in, I'll, I'll, um, I'll have to get my hands on on those new optics, especially that new magnifier. I like the magnifier option on those things. And, and you made that a lot smaller, which is some of the things I've not loved about magnifiers in the past. So I'm really interested in giving that a shot. So, uh, but anyway, thanks for, thanks for coming on and joining me and uh, being so affirmative. And uh, I enjoyed it. Guys out there listening or watching or whatever it is you're doing, until next time, the MagLife out. <laughs>